If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallMAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallMAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Welcome to week 11. Week by week, day by day, we're making it through. And I'm glad the couples are doing just fine and maintaining their pace. Because I think for me personally, it's just been a long week. Yeah, it has been very rough. Uh, You know, the day of the show, the decision about Breonna Taylor's case came out and yeah. it was just sad. It is. Um, and I definitely carried that. I, at first I was sad and then I was enraged. And I feel like I carried some of that rage into watching this, like, not on even close to the same level show. So hopefully I'm not too angry with our people tonight. They shouldn't have to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it was rough this is just hard it is and i know the reality shows they serve as a bubble but it's also hard not to sometimes watch it and think it's just you know frivolous but you know it serves its purpose i guess it has been a lifesaver over the past few months reality television but yesterday it just wasn't working so yeah. i watched the show but yeah it was hard so we're gonna you know today's a new day there's not really much else you can do besides keep going even when that feels very difficult and so we're gonna try we are so how was couples cam it was good don't worry guys i mean we're gonna get into it and pick everything up we're just you know trying to be honest with how we're feeling this week and it was just the timing of the announcement about the brianna taylor judgment and the show but yeah we're in we're here today Couples Cam was good. It was the season's finale and it was packed full of everything that they've not shown us all season. So as we (laughs) all know, (laughs) Deanna finally confirmed that she was pregnant. She was so excited. Greg seemed to be in shock. In fact, a little way, I feel like he took away a little from her excitement because he wasn't reacting. He literally had to sit down. (laughs) 
But I don't know how he could not be because this is all she has talked about every episode of the entire season of Couple Scam. So <laughs> you're like, yeah. I'm not surprised and I don't sleep with her. You do. Why are you surprised? <laughs> so yeah, and at some point when she was like, Can I get a hug? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he she hugged, she hugged him. She even said, I love you. And again, if you know who Diana was in this season. It was cute. And I was really, really so happy for them. And in the beginning, when they all talked to each other, um, asking what's going on, how's everyone doing? Greg is just like, yeah, you know, the mass center shut down, the blah, blah, blah happened. Diana's pregnant. And then we go, everyone's like, wait, what? And like, he's just saying <laughs> And they're all that. And it was cute because Beth from Beth and Jamie, she's like crying and she was excited. And for me as a viewer, again, it is just so surreal to see these couples that we literally saw their journeys, you know, go, is it full circle or some kind of circle that they're having kids now? So, you know, it's a testament to the show, I guess. So congratulations to them. Jeffy and Shawnees were celebrating their three-year anniversary. And, you know, Shawnees wanted to start early and try to cook him something nice. And then he called her and said he had to cancel because he's picking up a shift at work. And to my knowledge, he what was. What does do? Yeah, he was a teacher on the show. So I was going to ask you if you had any intel. No. When they did that, like ten seasons of Married at First Sight special, they kind of mentioned that he was like leaving the education field, but they didn't specify where he was going. I'm not going to lie to you. My first thought was Uber driver because we've been seeing that a lot in reality shows where they say I had to work and then somehow allude to ride sharing or you know, picking up food delivery because I'm just like picking up a shift at work. What are you doing late at night? So that was my first thought. But, but yeah, so overall they had a good anniversary. He had a, they had a picnic, got her Louis Vuitton backpack. It was a three in one with a wallet. And the last thing was a ring that he upgraded. He did say, I do love you. I love everything about you. Of course, Shanice is bawling. She's a crier. It was cute. And, you know, they ended with them. So it was cute. It was cute, you know, to see them come full circle and they really seem to have emotions for themselves i think jeff is just one of those people who's just not emotional and because shawnee's is so emotional it seems like there's a disconnect but you never know with this couple so i hope they you know still rooting for them danielle had a baby appointment and she's just chugging along for me and again if you saw the special you know that danielle had a very scary pregnancy and labor where she had, I think it was HELP. It's funny that it's called like a, the acronym is HELP, but it was like the scariest thing ever. But I just worried for her. And for me, I can't wait for her to have her baby just so they know like, you know, they've gone past the hurdle because Bobby was very scared for them to have a second child because he's like, I'm not going through this again um, with the fear for that. But, you know, so far so good. The baby is perfect. And lastly, Anthony and his wife had their gender reveal for their child. And he did wake up one scene and mentioned that he had a dream, that he had fireworks, that the people had fireworks, but then it went wrong and they're not having any fireworks at the gender reveal. And he had a dream that he had a girl. And then they reminded us that in his dreams that he usually gets information and flashback to their season yeah, where what? he saw a letter, A, that she was Ashley. And it turned out that they are having a girl. So Anthony's dreams do come true. Ha, but I'm bummed. But, <laughs> but overall it was a good um it was a good episode i enjoyed it it was a nice bow and again it's nice you know to see the couples flourish after the show so this is the end of couples cam right this is the end of couples cam yeah oh. and stephanie we're not on there so mm-hmm. 
because they don't have kids. <laughs> Every single update you mentioned is about children. <laughs> oh my God, that is so true. Well, Keith and <laughs> Christine were on there, but and Austin and Jess, but oh, it wasn't exciting. Oh God, I'm proving the point. <laughs> How was unfiltered? <laughs> uh, filtered was really quite good. It was Miles Bennett and Henry, and like this is possibly the most personality we've seen about Henry ever wow he seemed really funny i was like oh i want to be friends with that guy um <laughs> this guy who's on unfiltered not the guy who's on the actual show <laughs> and bennett was wearing a graduation gown it was not explained what? um <laughs> he started making jokes about graduating from love you um <laughs> that is cute so they talked about the chore draft Henry said that Christina and I are different in the way she handles things and goes about life. I think she could help me with that. It was strange. I was like, okay. Um, They talked about Miles and Karen and Karen leaving. And it was a really good moment between the three of them because Bennett like was laughing and Miles is laughing and he's like, I just look so sad. And it came down to what we had kind of talked about is that she doesn't want to talk about sex in front of production. And he doesn't think that she overreacted and her feelings are valid. <laughs> and this is where Henry started with the jokes. Henry says he's used to saying things that upset people because he has a dry, sarcastic sense of humor. <laughs> and he's learned his lesson, don't do it again. Um, Miles says that there are worse things that he could do, and she's going to be more pissed off at me in the future. Ah, but it was said, like, jokingly. So... So then they show like a Christina and Henry clip. Jamie's like, how did it feel like that she started to like you? Jamie's still in that blue dress. Um, and he's like warm and fuzzy and the honeymoon was a struggle, but it feels like they're starting to get to know each other and hoping that the more she gets to know me, the more she likes me and living together is very nice. Um, they went over Henry and Amani sitting down and talking and he said, you know, Henry says it wasn't right for him to talk to Amani before he talked to Christina. He shouldn't have done it in that order, but then he started drinking vodka and Amani was asking questions. <laughs> so he got some stuff off his chest. And then the the $1,000 question was asked. It's like, is it just the impatience that's the problem for you? And he goes, the impatience was a big factor. Another factor was that a number of her guests at the wedding tell him that eight months ago she was in a toxic relationship and he was questioning how ready she was to marry a stranger eight months after exiting this toxic relationship. Mm. Side note, I listened to a podcast where Trishel was interviewed and she kind of confirmed some of the things about Christina not having friends. Um, she said that someone who she talked to at the wedding was like, I haven't seen Christina since high school. <laughs> oh. I don't know what. And then one of Christina's wedding guests like got arrested at the bar because they were at the bar for like hours before the wedding. If anybody wants to go check it out, it's uh, Kate Casey's interview with Trishel. They talk about Woody and Miles at the barbershop. Woody's perspective was not messing with Miles's head because he knew that at that point that Karen was feeling him. He said that they needed to do whatever they need to do to be successful. And right now that means him being patient. Henry and Christina, you know, Christina has expressed to him that his pace is slower than hers, but he is not going to do anything that he's uncomfortable with. So like the general like theme of that one was about like intimacy and sex. And Miles says he hopes he and Karen eventually become more intimate. So then they watch that scene of Brett and Olivia at the bar. And Miles says Brett came across as an asshole. It's unfortunate that Olivia experienced that. Bennett was like, I would be like, be nice to my wife's friends because her friends reflect on her and I want to learn about her. 
And then they said, Jamie's like, well, should Olivia have confronted Brett? And Henry, still with the jokes, you're talking to Mr. Non-Confrontational here, mm-hmm. but do I think she should do it? Certainly. <laughs> and she should not talk to myself or anyone else about it first. <laughs> it aggravated Henry to watch that. And Mal says that it's not Olivia's responsibility to confront Brett. Yeah. It's also a moot point at this point to confront <laughs> Brett because everything is a fight for him and it has to be exhausting at some point. Exactly. Um, They talked a little bit about annoying things and Henry was, I keep on talking about Henry because he just had jokes. Henry's like, she's probably annoyed with my presence. (laughs) (laughs) It's speaking about Christina. So yeah, Bennett was talking about, you know, it's early honeymoons, endorphins, dopamine, like we need to get past that stage. That was, it was a really, I mean, because of Henry, it was a good episode of Unfiltered, in my opinion. I wonder when they filmed it. Why are they talking about the honeymoon so much? The honeymoon was like, how many weeks ago? When he was talking about it, he was talking about in the context of, we're still new. So uh, like when we're talking about annoying things, we haven't really had enough time to annoy each other. We've only like gone on a honeymoon and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I see. Hey, that's cool. So how did you feel about this week's episode? Uh, it's a lot of two people talking to each other. Um, which I get that that's the show, but I was just like, this is a lot of like talking. And then there's too many flashbacks. Um, it just, it kind of feels like we just keep on retreading old territory. Like nothing new is happening. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's supposed to feel exciting that Dr. Viviana made a visit, but they're talking about the same things that I guess we, the viewers have seen over and over and over again. And it's like, did you reach some kind of resolution? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like when Pastor Cal made a visit, there was some kind of impact. I don't know that Dr. Viviana's visit made an impact. Definitely. Because, yeah, people just seem to be where they are. Yeah. It's not that she didn't try or she didn't say the right things, but it kind of felt like people were less willing to even work on anything. So what was the point of her being there? Exactly. They were not receiving or picking up what she was dropping down. Everyone's just like, (laughs) "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, I see that. But, you know, nothing was... I I don't know if it was a conscious choice to just have the experts back away. And if that's the case, just call them matchmakers. Matchmake them and then throw them to the wolves and see whatever happens because they're not doing anything. It's so <laughs> You're like, these people are not earning their paycheck. It is so wild <laughs> to me. I'm like, we're just gonna... Mm, and it took me a moment to even realize that Dr. Viviana only visited people who had not sex. Yes, I picked up on that. It's just wild to me. Since when are we shortchanging people? Just because you're having sex doesn't mean you don't need an intimacy expert. It's just weird. But I guess we could go into the couples now. You want to start? We start with Karen and Miles. To be honest, there was so much talking. (laughs) And it's like, do you, you know, Miles is like, I have a random question. A producer did not tell me to ask. Do you feel like you trust me? And she's like, to an extent, I don't think you mean any harm to me. I don't trust you with my heart. It was a nice little conversation. And then it's like, how do we build trust? And Karen says, you can build it over time. You know, I want to see who, nothing that she hasn't said before. Yeah. Um, the, the funniest part was when they talked about like their worst moment. And she, he said, it was when you offered the lobster mac and cheese to other people. <laughs> Miles is not playing with his food. <laughs> I did kind of enjoy that because they're jo- like they're at least at this point it's like oh you guys are being pleasant with each other. You're beating a couple people who are on the you know who are not on the same path. Yeah. So I feel like they're being kind of cute with each other, and I enjoyed that. 
Yeah, I think I agree. I do think that when she answered the do you trust me question, it answered the question you had last week where you were asking, what do you think she meant by I'm un- I felt unsafe? So, you know, we were wondering if she meant physically or if she yeah. meant physically. So I think when she answered that question, it, you know, it answered that question we had last week. But yeah, they were cute. Um, so then they get their visit from Dr. Viviana. Um, and she's asking, do you feel married? Karen says no. Miles says in moments, once again, nothing we haven't heard before. <laughs> I just want to say, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Until they talk to sex, there are two opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to emotions. But Miles says their emotions are a bigger deal for her than it is for me, which is true. Yeah, He may have them, but they're a bigger issue for her. And I think everything in general, emotions, the camera, talking about stuff. Miles seems comfortable with all of it as a package. And then then they talk about sex and she won't say she wants it. She won't initiate. And she says she doesn't want to talk about sex on camera, which kind of confirmed what he said in Unfiltered. Her parents, I understood all of that. And then Dr. Viviana was like, well, you can express that in subtle, she said subtle ladylike ways. (laughs) You know, a touch, a text, a look, like not necessarily sex, but intimacy. Yeah. And then Karen gets into something kind of very interesting where she's like, I don't want to start, basically, I don't want to start anything that I'm not willing to finish. Yeah. And then Dr. Viviana's like, well, what if we just take that off the table? Miles' mouth says, yeah. Miles' <laughs> face says, hell no. Miles was not happy at all. His face was like, Dr. Viviana, what are you doing? Are you on my side? What are you doing? <laughs> Stop. Abort. <laughs> But he's Miles. So we, he, oh, no, okay, I guess. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> of course. Then Dr. Viviana asked if she was feeling less cringy, and she said a little bit. Then they go to the gym, and that's all there is to say about that. The gym was hard. That's it. Anything well, to say about the gym? Well, so the gym, for me, I love when men realize that the workouts they think are girly workouts when girls do cardio classes and things, they're not that easy because they're just used to lifting, and then that's it. And then they think, rah, rah, here I am. So that was the one thing I liked about it was, okay, do some knee up, some rise up, some cardio, some stuff, and see how that feels. Miles looked like he was suffering, and Karen looked like she does this every week. What's the problem? Without breaking a sweat. But this is one of those scenes, and there was a couple of those this episode, where I just felt like these people are filling in time. This is to account for whatever production issues they had because of coronavirus. I don't know. But they're just feeling there was no progress and nothing interesting about watching these two go to the gym. Yeah. So then they had another like sit down and talk. They talk about pet names. And then I, they were asking these questions that they had been given. So they asked, like, what would make you feel insecure? And he said it bothers him when people dismiss his him because of his age. Mm-hmm. And Karen asked, does she make him feel that way? And then she explained, like, if I'm talking about something that happened, comparing you to something that happened when I was younger, it's just about thinking about myself in that situation, not at that age. Yeah. I just found their conversations this week were substantive, good, a little repetitive, but I feel like these two are going somewhere. So I think that they are, in regards to that answer, I hear what she's saying, but I don't know if it's 100%, if I 100% believe it. I do think there is some percentage of it is about his age. I think it bothered her in the beginning, but the more she gets to know him, I, I, I just find it hard to believe that it's 100%. No, that's how I was at your age, because indirectly you are saying the same thing, because that's how I was. And how old was she? There's like five years between them, right? Or four? Yeah. Yeah. 
So you are kind of still saying like it's the age thing, but I mean, I, I, I don't not believe her. I just don't think it's 100%. And then I think we had another um, continuity thing because when they had the questions in the bowl, they were wearing the same thing they were wearing when they started their scene of the episode. When he asked her, do you trust me? That's what they were wearing. And I'm just like, I give up on Meredith for a second. We're just going to take whatever you give us. Because like you said, I think they just had to twist things around when Corona interrupted filming. So they're just filling stuff up as they can. But they were wearing the same thing. And it was the same position of the bed where they were. So either that was the start of the conversation or that was the continuation of the conversation. Yeah. And they're just throwing it around. And then the when they were talking about the pet name things, honestly, when Karen said, I'm not a pet name person, I was really like shocker, shocker, not shocked at all. And one last weird thing that I noticed when she was doing her confessional from their kitchen, I peeped her Costco sangria, which if anybody hasn't even tried, it's cheap and it's good. She's six ninety nine. It's good. <laughs> no, Costco did not pay us for that endorsement. <laughs> it was just weird to me that she had a flower behind and it had to be intentional because no one was like, hey, move that bottle of wine away. It was just literally sitting right there behind her. So I'm just like, okay, I see your Costco sangria. But yeah, I think they made good progress. I mean, yes, everyone knows that I'm not, you know, the biggest Karen fan, but I will give them this episode. And the one thing I've always said constant is Karen is a good communicator and Karen is observant. I wouldn't be surprised if Karen is a Virgo, actually. But I think I'm tired of the roller coaster. I feel like they had a really good episode. But the thing about it is, if I get comfortable and leaning, I'm like, okay, they're getting somewhere. I like how they laugh. I like their chemistry. I don't know what we're going to get dish next episode. And then I'm right back to be like being annoyed with them. I'm like, what is going on? Are you in or are you out? So I'm cautiously happy about the progress they made this episode. Okay, same here. I feel the same. Cautiously happy, waiting for the other shoe to drop. But very optimistic about these two. Yeah, their body language is really good because even when Dr. Viviana came and talked to them, they were sitting side by side, like leaning. Like you can always tell when people, you know how we joke about the decision day that you can tell who's staying or who isn't by their body language. So you can Mm -hmm. tell by their body language on the couch, they were with like beside each other like no pda or anything that's oh god that would be asking too much but they were very close to each other so good on them good on karen and miles i'm just happy for miles really so then we move on to olivia and brett it just the whole thing from beginning to end it just starts off bad okay first off wait, dr viviana comes to what? you can say it started off good because the good part about it is there was no fallout from last week apparently <laughs> what are you talking about last week when she when he was rude at the trivia thing it doesn't doesn't seem like she was mad or anything he didn't come up it at all i and that's so interesting because i felt like everything they argued about this week was really just a continuation of that <laughs> because it's, it doesn't let just because it's different <laughs> just because it's different doesn't it's just the same argument over and over again expressed different ways which is that we'll get there <laughs> i just wanted to start with dr viviana comes to visit them and she goes, oh, that noise. And then it's like, oh, it's the cat. And she goes, oh, that's right. You guys are the cat people. Oh, my God. As I if she it. didn't remember. I read that. And she's like, y'all are the cat people. I'm like, oh, my God. Did he give me show notes? <laughs> I'm like, you match these two people who don't have anything in common besides these cats and you barely remember? Oh, y'all are the cat people. That was funny. <laughs> 
And then, I mean, of course it's negative because then Brett has to say one of her cats is a bully. Of course. And it's like, of course. Of course. I don't even like animals. And I was like, why is this man maligning this, calling this cat a bully? And by extension, like, you know, your pets are, I don't get it, but pets are an extension of their owner. Don't say something unkind about someone's pet unless you're trying to say something unkind about them, which Brett is always trying to say something unkind. Always. Like, he can't help himself. Everything he utters out loud is something terrible about Olivia. So then they talk about the living situation and kids are kind of like the big barriers they have to a happy marriage. And then Olivia repeats, because she said it before, we get along well. That is a lie. (laughs) Both of those things are a lie. So then she turns to him and says, don't look at me like that. If we both rented, then it it might be a little bit easier to overcome. But because he owns his house, it's harder. If Brett didn't own his house, it wouldn't be an issue. And he has to immediately. Oh, so I'm solely responsible for this? Yeah. He was just... And the look on her face right then. She hates this man. He does. Um, And then she says the fact that he owns his. And he goes, stupid equity. What was I thinking? Oh. And Dr. Viviana is like, now is not the time for sarcasm. But for Brett, there's no such thing as not the time for sarcasm. Every morning, day, do or night, that's the time for sarcasm. It's his fuel, literally. He's not doing it, he's going to burst. So she tries to take the pressure off them by saying, like, these sort of decisions don't have to be made now. It's not even about the decision. This is where, you know, Dr. Viviana is great, but it's really not about the decision. It's about the way you discuss it and the way you approach it and the way they're going about this. There's no hope for these two. (laughs) <laughs> but like you said, they can't actually say that. I actually wish they let Brett speak more on the housing because Olivia was doing all the talking, but it would have been interesting just to hear what his take on it is because he's just being a dick about the whole thing. I'm sure he's being a dick about it, but I think his position is, well, I own a house and I'm not doing anything. I'm not renting it out. I'm like, I own a house. That uh, he acts like I own a house is like, that's a completed discussion. No, I know, but I mean like, so when she said, you know, if it's harder because he owns a house, like basically she's acknowledging like this is why it's a thing at all is because you do own a house. I have to take that into consideration, throwing her a bone and maybe just being like, yeah, I understand that. That Yeah, you're right. It would have been easier or whatever. That That is some kind of support that you're showing to her. But it seems like Brett is committed to misunderstanding her. Like sometimes she's not saying no to certain things, but he takes it to the extreme and makes it seem like, she's being difficult and is not saying no and she's just, you know, making a big deal out of something when she's just trying to make the best of whatever it is they're dealing with. An acknowledgement of reality doesn't have to be an argument. Yes, yes. So then it's like, well, Olivia is not, you're both independent, how is PDA? Which I didn't really understand the nexus between those two things. (laughs) Maybe. Did you? No, I didn't. Maybe. (laughs) What does independence have to do with PDA? Maybe she's conflating independence with being tender. I don't know. I don't know. Then he says Olivia is not cool with PDA and Brett is very touchy. And Brett is like, she's never initiated a touch. That surprised me. Did it surprise me? That Olivia is not a PDA person. That really surprised me. Olivia is a PDA person. She's not a PDA person with a person she doesn't like. (laughs) That's an angle. Okay. But he kept saying PDAs. I don't know if it was being funny, but that irked me a lot. Instead of affection or... No, he was saying PDAs, not PDAs. Oh. He just kept saying PDAs. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing, Brett? Stop, you're already annoying. Then there was the um, the hand movement. 
where she, like Dr. Viviana encouraged him to like touch her right then. So he puts her hand and I was like, he started off with his hand around her shoulders and for some reason felt the need to like move lower. And she just kind of, she like jumped like, dude, don't touch me. <laughs> and Dr. Viviana tried to give her an out. She's like, does the witness make it different? And she's like, yeah, I think I'd snuggle in. I, I, that was so confusing. I felt like actually. Okay. One, why did Dr. Viviana say, have you explored each other sexually? What's wrong with have you had sex? I, what is that? Because there's a difference, I assume. Okay. That she is- means have you had intercourse versus have you like made out? Okay, that's true. That's true. Okay, what I was going to say, oh God, it's not it's not terrible, but I, I don't see Olivia as a sexual person. Again, I don't know the girl. I'm just going by anything. And then especially for the fact that she doesn't even like to be touched. I know it is an angle that it could be Brett. But it just seemed a lot deeper than Brett. Like she literally visibly seemed very uncomfortable to be touched. So I don't know if there was anything deeper. Like we said, Dr. Viviana just came to get her check and get out. So there wasn't any. (laughs) Because ordinarily, I would think when you make these visits, you have the one-on-one talks where someone can talk freely without their partner being there. So I think to me, there was just a lot more going on that wasn't explored that I think I was wondering if there's anything more or if it's just that she doesn't like Brett. But I don't know. She had, to me, a very strong reaction to just being touched. <sighs> so Olivia says that she wants feelings. She's She says she's told him, if you feel like the time is right, go for it. And he says permission and enthusiastic are not the same thing, mm-hmm. which is very true very very true very true like i'm not gonna okay let's just do this (laughs) like dr viviana says most good guys want want you to want it not just be open to it yeah open to it that's nice but he wants to know that you would like to do it too yeah yeah and then olivia was like oh i think there's a time he'll be frustrated that was a very strange conversation why did you think it was strange i just felt like there was a lot of talking around things it just felt like they were leaving things out. That was just my yeah. question. I don't know what it is or what wasn't, but everyone was just... Because even Brett wasn't willing to talk, and he always has a lot to say. So I'm just like, is this editing? Is this something else? Is this what... I don't know. There was just a lot that didn't add up. And then Brett's like, there's a certain amount of perseverance that I've put into it, and she's not always super receptive. And Brett says rejection sucks. So that's the is that what was missing here? Because they're not saying that that happened, <laughs> but he's talking, and also there's a certain amount of perseverance that I've put into it. Do you think he meant sex or the relationship? It cannot be the relationship. He's not, you <laughs> know. <laughs> so, but I mean, it could be something simple, like when they talked about the PDA thing. Maybe he tries to hold her, and she's like, "Get your hands off me." Or maybe he tries to, (laughs) I'm just thinking about, you know, little things like that. But when he even said the rejection sucks, I was like, does that tie into being a broken engagement, being dumped or whatever? I don't know. They're just not exploring a lot of things. And while they're talking about all these, have we ever had a conversation about Brett's state of mind from a broken engagement? We had that with Karen, but no one's exploring. Like, I, I just feel... No one's drilling down into why you're always sarcastic. Why don't you ever, you know, talk about these things? And then with the intimacy thing, what is it that you want? What have you tried? Did she turn you down by holding your hands? Or did she turn you down with sex? Or I don't know. I don't know. Everything is a guessing game at this point. 
So then Brett says something shockingly deep. He just like said some beautiful things about Olivia's smile and like how he feels like she's connected to him on emotional level. It it was so out of place. Did it feel out of place to you too? It did. It was like a cut and paste. I had to check, like, are we seeing his mouth move as he's saying this? Or is this a voiceover? (laughs) (laughs) After that, that kind of ended with no resolution, just like you were saying earlier. Like, they went to therapy and seemed to have, like, no... Even with Karen and Miles, it was like, this is the action you should do next. Do you think... She didn't say anything to them like that. Mm. She didn't give them any... The resolution she told them was... Oh, sorry. The solution she gave them was don't talk about everything right now just go you know day by day don't feel like you have to make these big decisions now do you think that was good advice (laughs) um yes and no it's not good advice because olivia and brett are struggling but if she was talking to amelia and bennett who are going through something similar it might be good advice but no actually i take that back i think it's good advice for them it's putting pressure on them. And I think it's similar to the advice that she gave Karen and Miles. Their big thing is intimacy. Right now, take that pressure off yourself and take that off and just get to know each other. So to them, don't talk about those things now. Get to know each other now. So yeah, I do think it was good advice. I just don't think it was her place because her job is intimacy, in it? <laughs> <laughs> so not quite sure how we're getting there. Her job is to figure out she doesn't like touch. He likes touch. How do we meet in the middle? these two go to what seems to be a very nice like outdoor place but from the beginning we could tell this was not going to be good like the look on olivia's face so, <laughs> i told you her jaw is set in a permanent hard line now rarely ever small <laughs> she was trying to talk i just felt like she had a point and she went about it all wrong she basically wanted him to stop looking sarcastic how do you we know he's being sarcastic. We're tired of... It's, she started talking about the look on his face where I really thought she could have just addressed his words. Exactly, Aid. We are on the same page because I'm like, why are you telling this man, don't look at me a certain way, knowing fully well, you just opened the gates for him to be like, oh, how am I looking at you? What are you talking about? Instead of just directly saying, I don't like the way you respond or I don't like the way you're always sarcastic and wrong timing. Like, just be direct. What is look at me? Because then you'll attribute that to, that's you. I'm not looking at you anyhow, but you think that I am. So that's not my fault. The typical Brett. So she should have just been direct about it. I don't know why she didn't. Did we notice that they were having a very serious discussion and this man decided that that was the time to stop and take a bite of his hot dog? (laughs) I didn't notice that. (laughs) But I will say that Olivia is not good at timing because she had a point and I understand where she was coming from. But Olivia, when she digs her heels, we saw this in the honeymoon. She just keeps going on and on and on. And it's like, dude, you're talking to a not so receptive person. So you kind of have to know how to phrase it and when to say it to him. And then she said, you have a beauty pageant answer to the questions. Now, that to me was a little bit hurtful because I don't know if his thing about the clouds and the smile or whatever was real. But I actually thought it was real. And then if it was real... Her calling that a beauty pageant answer, that was not good. Yeah, it wasn't. Because that example to me was like, but on the flip side, I don't know what the dissonance is. That could be what prompted her to say it. Like, I think you've mentioned that she said that unfiltered a number of times where he acts different when the camera is on or when the camera is not off. So maybe that's what prompted the, the comment. 
But for me, I'm just like, he said something nice about you. Like, yeah, it's questionable, but he said it. He meant it. Like, but I don't think Brett would say something he doesn't mean. I don't. That's a good question. I don't think so, because he just, he doesn't say, but when he says stuff, he always wants it to have an impact. So he wouldn't even bother saying something he didn't mean. So I don't know. The fact that he said it, she could have a point, but I gave her the benefit of the doubt that we don't know what he does off camera because she's complained about that a number of times. So I'm guessing that's what made it. But for us, she like- complains about on camera, Brett, more like, and it was interesting because she was saying, like, why didn't you say that when the cameras were off? It's almost like she believes the off camera version of him more than the on camera version of him. Yeah. Which would make sense. There's no camera on you. I don't know, but you shouldn't have to deal with two different people. Agreed. <laughs> so then she, the red splotches are here. This is the moment. It, yeah. The red. She says, you were putting on a show for the camera. And he says, 90% of the time, we're doing things for the camera anyway. And then she argues that. Like, no, we're not. Which I agree with her. There's no way. Well, the way the shooting schedule is, there is time when the cameras aren't there. Yeah. Make use of it. Yeah. So they then talked, they talked about watching a movie and having deep talks. And we didn't see any of that. Exactly. So then... She says, once again, because once you start talking about people's intentions, that's like they're, he says, you're misconstruing my intentions. I'm acting the same all the time. She says, that's not true. They argue. I'm acting the same way. No, you're not. No, you're not. Okay. (laughs) And then he tries to throw it back on her. You're, you're extremely reserved in what you say. And Olivia's like, I'm being open and honest right now. And he said, this is the first. And I was like, both of you, this is not good. What did you think? It's not, it's not, it's, it's sad really, because we know how much Olivia wanted this and they just paired her up with a brick wall. He's not changing for nothing. And then we get like Brett talking to us and he says, I care about her, but she's got to get over her shit or she's not going to be okay in this marriage. I'm like, this marriage is doomed. (laughs) I don't know. This is the first time we're going to talk about someone saying, I care about you. And then just acting in a way that like actions speak louder than words. So she asks him, do you want to be married to me? Much like Christina. It's like, let's just throw it out there. And he's like, I've been clear, which is not an answer. Mm -hmm. And then, wow, you're really insecure. And I was like, oh, okay, you care about her. So if someone says, I don't feel cared for, instead of saying, I care about you and saying why or how, whatever, you decide to tell them that they're the problem. (sighs) I (laughs) I don't think Brett can be saved. I don't know why they didn't pair Brett with Christina. I mean, I know I said Brett and Karen before, but now I'm just like, why didn't they pair them together? <sighs> you know, Christina doesn't have cats. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so then they go to a drink mixing class so we can watch them be awkward together for even longer. They basically snipe at each other about freaking egg white foam. And then they lied. Me and Brett had a great time together. And it also helps that I make better cocktails than Brett. Mm. First of all, I think the alcohol mix thing was an idea. I would love to go to something like that because it looked really fun. I barely drink. So I, and I'm like, I'd rather, cooking always seems more legit to me than like, this is, it's mixing drinks. You just put some stuff together, shake it around. What's the big deal? Oh my gosh, Aid. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe watch two people who actually like each other do this activity i think more of it but watch these two people who could barely look at each other or talk to each other it just it didn't look fun i think he was annoyed the whole time that she was better did you catch and at this that? point she doesn't give a shit so she's like i'm better than you because you're so insecure 
He really is insecure. But yeah, it was sad. Every activity, that's what I, remember I said that last week? That every activity they do, even when they're smiling, there's tension. It doesn't matter what it is. You're right. You can feel the tension as you watch them. Yeah. So they go outside and they talk about the argument from the day before. And Olivia's like, do you feel like we resolved it? Because I don't think we resolved it. We need to resolve it. And he's like, I, I, his resolution, he said, there's no resolution to the problem of perception. (laughs) He's like, I'm just going to keep on being sincere. And I was like, so what you're saying is, this is your problem. I'm not doing anything. I'm not part of this. This is an Olivia problem. And I'm just going to see myself out of this. Yeah. That's basically what he was saying. And it's just a tough situation because how do you correct someone or how does someone correct themselves when they don't think they're doing anything wrong? It's okay to think that you're not doing anything wrong. Is it? But but if you're married to someone and they say that something is wrong, something is wrong. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to change yourself, but it might mean that you have to explain yourself or provide context or give them reassurance. There are a whole bunch of other things you can do besides just change who you are. But here's the thing. I'm not, you don't even necessarily have to change who you are, but you do have to change in some way. If you're sarcastic all the time and this hurts your partner, no one's saying stop being sarcastic, but then just read the room and then know the timing. Like there are some things that like, I think everyone thinks changing is this terrible thing, but sometimes you could change for the better. Sometimes you could just change because you're an adult and that's what you do. And then sometimes it's just compromise. Like, they're just little things, like, if we're, if they were, like, you know, more aligned for Olivia, it'll just be like, hey, yeah, it's good to talk out stuff, but you have to re- recognize that some people don't want to talk out stuff immediately, know when the timing is. If you change the timing of when you do that, you're not changing yourself. You're just adjusting to the fact that you're married and adjusting to how the person you're married to is. But Brett seems incapable of nothing. He's just really not, you know, budging on anything like when she, uh, when she brings up stuff he seems receptive like oh okay let's talk about it but then it's like he walls up and he just wants to blame her for whatever it is and it's like nope it's not me it's you yeah it's i mean it's why i don't have any like hope for them it's not that i think brett should change well i think he could stand to change some things but we're not even there yet even just to be receptive to like there is a problem he just refuses Yes, he's just not making things easy. And I think I think we talked about, we've talked about how inflexible Olivia seems sometimes, but I think her inflexibility is just because of because of where they stand. If she felt comfortable, if she felt like, okay, this person, it's a give and take situation, she might be more receptive. And even at that of how he is right now, she's still even kind of receptive, but Brett is just like, I'm not having it. I'm just going to pick at you till you wilt and die. So they end with, let's go talk to Pastor Cal. And he says, if that's what you want, once again, the, the, I'm I'm not part of this. I'm just here to be scenery. You're you're here to fix things. Yeah, he's annoying. His equivalent of his responses is because I saw where Olivia was coming from is, is basically saying, yes, dear, with a smile when you know the person is just being sarcastic and kind of low-key mocking you, actually. And yes, dear, can work if it's something like let's go eat at a restaurant or something low stakes, but you can't guess steer your way out of high stakes things in marriage. Yeah. So those two doomed. (laughs) But I will say that Brett gives me mixed messages. Like on one hand, he seems like he's in it. Like, I don't know what his motivations are. Like 
I don't know. But on the other hand, I'm just like, you're just being a dick. Like, what do you want? And, uh, one last question. Do you think Brett is attracted to her? Yes. Okay. I can't tell. But I also wonder, like, Mike, is Brett attracted to her or will he basically sleep with anything? Ah, uh, there's that. <laughs> No, something I, very crude but no no i think that he would he's into it like yeah i think if he wasn't at all no you're right your question is right <laughs> he could make anything work well i don't want to insult olivia because you I mean she's a pretty girl but it doesn't i mean it doesn't matter how pretty you are some people are just not going to be attracted to you that's fine one is not actually related to the other okay Okay. All right. Uh, we go to the other golden couple, Amelia and Bennett. And they start um, their scene by calling Amelia's aunt. And it's nice to see them incorporate their family. I think that's really cute. And Amelia's aunt is telling him, you are so lucky to have her. And of course, the bane of their existence, which is their match and her residency comes up. And she asks him how he feels. And once again, Bennett the champion, he's like, I don't know yet. And we'll cross that bridge when they get there. Like, honestly, I want to give him a medal for how many times they've asked him these questions in so many ways with so many people. And each time, calmly, he tells them, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So <laughs> he's truly been a champ through these um, questions. Um, they're sitting in the living room and Bennett is telling Amelia how he got a free coffee because... Amelia sewed up someone's finger. <laughs> that was so random, but it was also cool at the same time because I, for a brief minute, just saw Amelia as a doctor and I'm like, okay, you know, that's actually kind of cool. They share the things that they're most excited about and most connected by. So as we mentioned earlier, the couples who have already had sex did not get a visit from Dr. Viviana, but they did get some questions and some, you know, worksheets or things that they had to do. So what they had to do, just visually, if you didn't watch the episode, they had to hold each other um, at the waist. And they were, you know, head, forehead to forehead, nose to nose, like that close while sharing affirmations to each other. So the affirmations were things like share the things they're most excited about, the things that they're most connected by. And, you know, I don't know why they don't have enough PDA. I just want PDA from all my couples. I've been talking about it all season. And it was a really, really cute moment. Like, I just really liked them. Did you like the scene, Abe? No, this makes me uncomfortable to see people that close. And they didn't say anything of substance. Oh, my God, Olivia. What is, what? <laughs> what is wrong with you, Abe? <laughs> I thought it was so cute. Because you could tell that I'm glad you thought it was cute. <laughs> because I actually thought it was genuine. The only question I had was so in the beginning we saw Bennett come in with the little question strips, but the whole time they were saying the affirmations to each other, they we didn't see them break away. So how were they getting the affirmations and knowing what to say? Was that a lot of well, in theater, so maybe he memorized them or maybe the producers or cameras or whatever were just like next one okay. <laughs> yeah i just thought about that but yeah I, thought that I mean they really talked about oh some of the things that they talked about was just the what they're excited about in their future what they promised to do for each other like sexually to fulfill each other's needs and you know things like that so the whole time they're that close, they didn't even kiss, not even a peck. I don't get this couple. This is so annoying. But in the midst of that, Bennett and Henry have a meetup as a sidebar. 
Um, oh, by the way, Aid, in on filter, do you get the sense that Bennett and Henry are like buddies? No. That are that enjoy each other's company. I no. <laughs> <laughs> because that's another I really need to stop wondering how they pair people up, but you know, it was a good one because I do think I've said it before, I think Bennett is wise he is smart and he has a way with words and he has the ability again to make people feel comfortable so it never really feels like it's serious even if you're talking about something serious so i think this was a good pairing um so bennett and henry um henry starts up they're just having a beer this is pretty crowded because it was actually pretty loud um, it was terrible i was like you guys couldn't find someplace more quiet to film <laughs> where they were and, you know, Henry's like, oh, you guys seem so easygoing. How's it going? Once again, Bennett brings up the residency. And then he says, oh, but until then, we're enjoying each other's company. And as a sidebar, when he said that, it really made me think of Olivia and Bennett. And that was why I answered that question that Dr. Be- um, Dr. Viviana gave them, is to just take it off the table. Don't talk about it yet. Because I feel like if they took the same approach, there might not be any pressure but if you forget that and you just focus on each other, um, building, you know, something with each other plays a part in your decision making. Like if you get comfortable with someone or when people fall in love with each other, things that might seem like a, a huge decision that you have to make doesn't seem that easy. I'll give a random example. Like if someone's like, oh, I'm going to be in a long distance relationship. Who's going to move when you don't like the person or you don't have feelings you're like, oh, I'm not going to give up my life. I'm not going to give up this. But then when you have feelings, somehow it just seems less of like a huge deal. So I think you're more willing to make it work because you see the value in the relationship. So this simply Bennett has chosen like, I'm just going to enjoy her company. Whatever happens then we'll see how I feel rather than your house is here. My traffic is here. You're not doing dinner. (laughs) And just really. So I think, yeah, that's what made me give that answer at that time but anyways henry seems comfortable with bennett and he confesses that it's been difficult and he talks about a conversation that they had which we'll talk about um during christina and henry's segment about what christina's biggest deal breaker was but it hurt his feelings but bennett says he thinks people define confidence as having no self-doubt at all but then and then they forge ahead without even, you know, digging into what the issue may be, without any self-reflection. But it takes confidence to actually ask, am I being the best version of myself? So I think he gave him good advice. But honestly, like we said earlier, I don't know if good advice works for these couples. Everyone already kind of knows what they believe and where they stand. Like, they just agree with you and say, yay, I hear you. And then go about the same trajectory that they've been on. I do feel like the eight weeks in some ways is just like dragging things out. The thing about attraction and compatibility and just, it doesn't take that long. Yeah, it is. But I think taking into consideration again, that people are just different. You see some people who hit it off immediately. And then you think of the Deanna and Greg's and the Jamie and Doug. And you're like, you know, it doesn't take that long, but. I think it's a quick decision as to whether or not this person is worth your time. And like as slow as Deanna was, she never really was like, I don't know if we're a good match or she was just anyway. So that's that's the like a huge difference I see sometimes is sometimes the couples use those extra five weeks or whatever to work on things or figure some stuff out, but you can usually tell pretty quickly. You're right. With except for Jamie and Elizabeth. 
they they scan. (laughs) (laughs) Bennett, um, that thing that Bennett said about confidence, I was like, I should write this down and save this. This is like good life wisdom that like I could take with me for the rest of my life. It's so true. Like he said it and I was really like listening to what he said. Like there's a lot of people who are confident and you think there's no self-doubt, but they could be confident. I've always said, A, that there's a thin line between confidence and delusion. Yes. Because if you're confident and you're not digging deep into the things that bother you and you're just lying to yourself, like, eh, I'm fine. I don't have time to dig deep. Yeah, I just tell myself I'm confident. Hey, works for you. (laughs) And I also think this confident word, like, everybody's using it, but they mean different things. Like, I don't even, we'll get to them, but people are saying the word confident and I don't think it means the same thing that they think it means. Yeah. They're perceiving the word differently. Yeah. Um, That was pretty much it. I think they don't know what to do with Amelia and Bennett. They've tried and tried to make the residency thing a bone of contention. It's not working and it's just smooth sailing for these two. So (laughs) hopefully, and this like, when is she going to be matched? I'm just like, like, let's hope that's next week. I, I don't know how many weeks I can wait. For them to drag out, where is she going to go? Yeah, because he did tell Henry it's going to be in a week's time. So we'll find out if it's also next week for us, though. But they didn't put in any of the previews, so I don't know. On to the golden children, Amani and Woody. So Dr. Pepper tells us how they provided them with questions to get to know more of themselves. I'm not quite sure why, but Amani and Woody had to just be randomly on the street picking they questions. They were in a park. <laughs> they were in a park. <laughs> okay, they were randomly in a park, sitting on something while Amani picked questions out of Woody's pocket. It was just so, I don't know. They didn't even give them a bowl, but okay. <laughs> so Amani did mention in passing, like, I do enjoy, I noticed that every episode, they give us nuggets of their small talk. But their small talk also it sounds like flirting and it's just cute and it's fun. And Amani mentions in passing how Woody kisses her every morning. And, oh, sidebar, Amani with her hair pulled back, like, I think you mentioned that last week, with that lip color that she had, she was gorgeous in that scene. Yes. Her, she was just gorgeous. So um, I, I, I want to say that, again, I appreciate the little things that Woody does for Amani and I appreciate that Armani recognizes it and appreciates him for that. I've said it before. It's one thing for someone to do something. It's easy to take it for granted. But to still show that appreciation, they just have good synergy going with two of them. So that was cute. And so they started their questions. Woody says the thing that will turn him on and make him want her the most is being able to tell her his truth and just listening. And for her, she said, it's the little things that you do for me. And then Amani gets a question, which is the, what is his favorite sexual position? And Amani seemed uncomfortable talking about it. And it's easy to see Amani and just think that, you know, she's, you know, not shy. But I actually do think Amani's shy. Do you think so? (laughs) Yeah, I think no one wants, I think there's two different types of people. Like no one wants to talk about sex on camera. I mean, very few people do. And then other people are like, I'm not doing. And some people are like, I'm just going to push through. Did you say very few people? Have you watched any other reality shows? <laughs> Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, but, I'm just like, but then I think other people just decide that they're going to push through. I think Amani is just like, I'm going to push through. <laughs> yeah, because I think whenever Woody is like flirting with her or gets all affectionate, when he goes a little bit extra, she's all like, stop, 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 stop. She gets all conscious. So 
She asked him a question, when have you given up on something? And Woody gets really somber, somber. And then he talks about his dad saying how so much stuff happened. His dad was incarcerated when he was nine years old. And when he came out at 16, he was just a completely different person. You can't make up for that time. And he tried, but so much stuff happened and it was to a point of no return. But he went to counseling to understand, you know, some of the feelings that he felt and he has his closure and, you know, it is what it is. He accepted for what has happened. And if he hadn't gone to counseling and dealt with all that stuff, he wouldn't have been in the space to marry her if he hadn't sorted through. And you were like, I wish more people would go to counseling and work out their stuff before they came on this show. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, eh? (laughs) And it made me, honestly, it made me think of Brett. It made me think of Karen. I'm just like, do they not, maybe they need to ask them these kind of questions. You're pulling them from a bowl and making them ask now, ask these people that you're going to match. Like, what have you, like, I don't understand someone like what you said. Christina was engaged eight months ago and you came out of something. Henry was going off an engagement and got broken off one. And then Karen had like a guy who cheated and had a child. And you're like, you know what? Come on down. Come get married. Like, <laughs> if you ask them, I don't think Karen has gone to casting. Karen probably thinks it's, it's a terrible thing to do. And I'm just like, these are the people you think are the best candidates for stuff. But what do you think of the scene? I, you know, my heart was really broken. Oh. Um, I was very proud of Woody for everything that he's done to overcome. Yeah. Um, but it, it made me very sad to hear that story. And also, I'm, you know, I sometimes I just appreciate watching the show and people being exactly who they are. Yeah. And um, I don't think it's easy to go on a TV show and talk about how hard it is when you're you don't grow up with your when you actually have a great a, a good father. And that's taken away from you when you're nine years old until you're 16. Yeah. And then because of that happening, like you don't speak anymore. Like that's, that's just, it was just difficult to listen to. Um, yeah. And I did, I did like how Amani reacted to it. Cause I do think sometimes, you know, that you can say the wrong thing very easily in that yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, and she didn't. So I don't know. I just, I, I if I had real emotions and it was not a cyborg, I might've cried. <laughs> no, but it's true. I, this is the best thing about them is how they fit. Because to your point, there's something to be said. Someone is bearing their soul, but there's something to be said of how the other person receives it. Because in one of our couples, we are going to talk about how the other person received something that was dropped. It's not easy to bury a soul, but Amani knows the right kind of, what to say, what question to ask, when to just listen and not, because I think Woody actually even say something explicit about that, like just listening and just letting it be and letting this person feel what it is that they're feeling. So I thought it was a really good moment. And also the fact that she also said, now you have two dads, you know, they can come. So that means that Woody was actually serious when he said that to them. Like, I feel like I appreciate that I can call you guys anytime. So, and you can tell that he really wants that father figure, but you know, life. He was taken away from him. The icing on the cake is that this couple gives me what I want, which is PDA. PDA. How hard is that? Even a million Bennett can't give me that. Ramon is just like, give me a kiss, damn it. So we move on up, and I think it's the evening. They're getting ready for bed. And this couple, in what I thought was a scene that went on way too long, are bickering over a dog. But even that Filler. was... <laughs> but it, yeah, you're right. You're it really was a filler because it kept going on and on. I'm like, why are they showing this to us? We get the reason, which is like, um, Woody's like these compromises that they can get a dog 
when they have a baby and they can grow up together. And I'm just confused. Why is Woody so obsessed? Oh, now I have the answer. I was about to say, why is Woody so obsessed with being a dad? And I just remember <laughs> had a conversation about something. He's like, okay, okay. The answer, sorry guys. The I answered my question as I was asking the question. So Woody really just wants to be a dad. And I'm not even going to be surprised if next year, couples cam, we just find out that they're going to have a baby too, since it's all the rage. But Woody jokingly stays. It was just in passing. I don't even know if you caught it. But because Amani is just like, well, it doesn't make any sense. We're going to have a dog, whether you like it or not, that we're getting a dog. She tells us that they're getting a dog either way. He just doesn't know. So Woody jokingly says to her, you have to learn to compromise. And I was going to ask if you thought there was some truth to his comments. Like, I feel like they've had conversations where she's always saying, this is my, not like it's my deal breaker, but this is my hard line where I stand. And Woody's usually like, you know, we can talk about, I can see it in a different angle. But do you think there's some truth to, she has to learn to compromise? This is where it's like, wait, how many conversations of substance have these two had? (laughs) Um, Like, they're all cute and all, but I don't think, I haven't seen like a pattern where she won't compromise. Okay. I think that there's specific issues that she's been like, no compromise. But I also think his version of a compromise is nonsense. Oh, the baby's coming in two years and so is the dog. What? <laughs> That's true. I think Woody, in theory, is flexible. Practically, I don't. We were yet to see if he meets whatever he says. I look forward to them making big decisions together because I want to see how it shakes out. Yeah. And then this is like terrible editing. Did you notice that the outfits that they had this conversation in are the same that they go to bed in are the same ones that they are wearing in the next scene? <laughs> Well, <laughs> maybe they wore the same thing every day before bed and they played it. Or before. I think what happened was they did this and then I'm like, why did you show it to us out of order? Anyway, please continue. Yeah, because I like we said, we've given up on them. Like, it, I don't think they even care anymore. They just you take whatever we give you. So their game, um, everyone had the questions and they had like a physical game um, that they had to do. It tells them different things that they had to do. Amani gives Woody a massage with a body oil. Woody dances for her. And he licks syrup off of her. And then I think one of the questions was, show me how you want me to initiate sex. And then he kisses her passionately and tells her to just grab when she wants it. And she agrees. And she says, that's the same way for me too. And that's what we get from Amani and Woody. They had a nice time this week. They did. After our nice time with Amani and Woody, we go on to Henry and Christina. So because they have not had sex, they get a Dr. Viviana visit. (laughs) Christina, there's definitely something there. This is about the third, fourth time I've heard her say it. She's lying. Lying. <laughs> Girl, you are lying. Lying. She ain't got no friends. She ain't got no house. So she probably ain't got no money. So she's staying on this show to get her stipend. And then trying to convince us that she has some kind of feelings for Henry. Um, and then she's like, we didn't start out as we should have. And then Henry takes some responsibility to keep a lot of things in. He specifically said he folded up like a card table. <laughs> takes him a while to warm up. He's not emotional. She's more emotional. And then Dr. Viviana like talks about how everybody, basically everybody has emotions. She said, you aren't used to or have, or have found much use in expressing them as you feel them. And I was like, your father. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, probably as a child, you expressed emotions and your dad just shot you down and you're like, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh-huh. 
And then Henry kind of references that he doesn't have practice with basic things like opening up, affection, or communications. And did you catch that, like, does it sound like Henry may have never been in a relationship before? Um, My question was going to be, is he a virgin? I I don't know, but I think that answered afterwards. But yes, I caught that. Because he said, I'm not used to that. I haven't had much experience in that. So I'm just like, and I don't think he's ever, okay, so maybe he's never been in an actual official relationship because when Pastor Cal asked him, he said in the past, sometimes it's quick, sometimes it's slow in terms of chemistry. Right, he did say that. I mean, <laughs> like, I, just like mm, I don't think he's a virgin. No, I don't think what he is, is actually, because I think later on he said something else. Just at that moment, that was my first thought. Then I was like, okay, maybe relationships. So yeah, I caught that. <sighs> then they had a discussion about being friends and friends and marriage, and it was boring. And then Christina says the ball has to be in his court. She's not used to waiting this long. Henry's like, maybe he makes sex a bigger deal than it is, but he likes to get to know people first. And then Dr. Vinny Viana's like, you guys need to tap into the feeling of romance. Then they talk about physical touching and hand-holding and cuddling. And she's just like, it's a non-negotiable. I'm not taking the lead. He needs to show he wants me. Which I think is fair enough, to be honest. I mean, she's bitchy, but I think she's fair enough in that era because there's something to be said of, I've made it clear I like you, I do this or whatever, but I'm not going to put myself out there for the icing on the cake for you to reject me on top of that. I'm just going to go at your pace. So at this point, you do something about it and I'll follow. So they kind of like slide over, like Henry slides over and like puts his hand on her thigh. And they looked very natural in that moment. It was kind of strange. <laughs> but, you know, to be honest, a this might as well be week one for them. <laughs> That's how far behind they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, they said that the communication bandage was ripped and that helps. Those were like, that was like foreshadowing. (laughs) Bad foreshadowing. So Dr. Viviana left them with questions and the idea is that they're supposed to be blindfolded when they answer the questions to like help them open up. Do you think they did that for Henry's benefit? I don't know, maybe. Because each one of them kind of did it differently, like... That was my thought. I feel like all of these things they might be trying to do for Henry's benefit. No, one of them is working. Um, not, not, not that one. Not that one is working. <laughs> They're just like, we give up. They've thrown money at them. They've slid them notes under the door. They've given them question bowls. Nah. Uh. <laughs> so then, like, in the course of opening up, Christina asked him like one thing that you haven't told me. And he ta- he get, he's very vulnerable and he says he was a fat kid, basically. Um, he still sees himself that way and he's not a very confident person because of it. And then he says he feels very comfortable with her. And so she responds, of course, with, you know, you need to get over the fact that you're not confident because you used to be fat. And at that moment, <laughs> I saw and felt his balls shrivel right back up into his body (laughs) was like this is not happening ever 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 again they were descending and she just sent it right back in (laughs) that was awful i think previously she had said to dr viviana something or maybe with pastor cal like i like him or i care about him why like i said don't say these things unless you have actions to back them up if you liked a person and if you cared about them and they told you this is something I struggle with and your response is get over it, you don't like them that much. No, I don't even know if, Chris, I don't know, if she's able to feel empathy because she's just like. <laughs> you just called her a sociopath. 
Well, <laughs> that is what I was trying to say because she seemed so nothing. Like she felt she was looking like, okay, just get over it. That was a long time ago. What are you talking and whining about? Even after that, you know, they keep on going and ask some more questions. And he, you know, she puts on the blindfold and he asks her, what would be the biggest deal breaker for you? And she goes, confidence. This man just told you he's not confident. And she says the lack of confidence, even if it's a friend, like I just, I wouldn't even want to be around that. Okay, first off, you're trash. Did I say that? I'm sorry, I said that out loud. Oh, that's good. Because I really want to call her a bitch. (laughs) If you would accept all kinds of things from people, but like a lack of confidence, you wouldn't even want to be friends with them. You are trash. Yep. And I don't believe you. Um. No. Okay. Can I just say like, I don't appreciate, you know, fair enough if that's a deal breaker for her. But like you said, she's lying. We've had this conversation. I said, we, like we've been there in the com- in the living room with her, but they've had a conversation before where she mentioned something else as a deal breaker. And I feel like she was just being a bitch in terms of like, He just said lack of confidence and she wants to hurt him or cut him for some reason. And she said that, which is the same thing as when she did it, when she was mad at him and he wasn't giving her eye contact. She knows fully well that he can't. And she goes, why can't you give me eye contact? So she's just being mean on purpose. So she said that and she knew what she was doing. I have a theory that we will get to after I summarize this next scene. Ooh. Henry meets up with Bennett and they have that conversation and they talk about like Henry basically says like I told her what my biggest struggle was and then she came back to tell me that it was a deal breaker for her so then you know he's standing in the kitchen talking to Christina Christina comes out with some word vomit about she talked to her mom I I didn't even understand what she was saying did you understand what she was saying what was she saying that she was she was justifying the fact that confidence is okay a lack of confidence is a good enough reason to be a deal breaker, right? Oh, okay. I, I truly did not understand. I, <laughs> I I did not. I talked to my mom and you're so great and blah, blah, blah. But confidence, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like you're everything that I wanted in a person. And she's right. like, yeah, like, yeah, you have everything, but it's good enough. It's a big enough reason. If a person doesn't have that one thing that I'm looking for that. Yeah. But I think she was feeling guilty. That's why she brought it up and she was looking for someone to tell her, no, that's okay. But she probably left out some facts. So then she says, why are you living in this unconfident world? Ooh, child. <laughs> and then I kind of oh. like this because I'd asked this question, like maybe first, second, third episode, like when someone is really quiet and doesn't say much, <laughs> is there anything there? Mm-hmm. Are they really deep or is there just nothing there? And Henry's like, there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i don't even understand how this conversation she asked him will you possibly get there and i don't know what there was is there like to a place of confidence is that what she meant why is she acting like this is a strange thing a lot of people struggle with a low self-esteem or lack of confidence in her intro package she was crying about something similar because i remember thinking that was what they were going to bond over but christina is suddenly acting like you just wake up one day and say you know what i don't want to live in an unconfident world and i'm going to snap out of it because it's been many years ago this is why i think this whole thing is absolute bullshit i think she knows that he is not physically attracted to her and that is unforgivable so to punish him for not being into her she's like well what is he lacking that i can call like my thing so that i'm not the bad guy i don't know but i I, you kind of said it already but like 
I felt like she was just punishing him for not being into her. I think that's an angle because last week she did say that. She said, I'll be the bad guy though on camera. Tell me whatever it is that you want. But interestingly enough, Aid, I think the opposite because he asked, she asked him if it's something that he would ever get rid of or move away from. And Henry says, well, it's not a number one focus in my life. (laughs) And I think he said that. So she'll be like, well, it's a deal breaker and I'm out. But she didn't. (laughs) Let's go back to this word confidence. (laughs) I think when she says confident, she means confident enough to make a move on me. Whereas he feels like, I think he sees being confident as something like more intrinsic to himself and how he feels. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does. But I think they're all under the same umbrella in terms of like, yeah, she means make a move. But I think it was pretty clear that he meant a general lack of belief in himself. And that in turn is what is stopping him from maybe thinking you're not good for me. I don't know. I think they all kind of in the same umbrella of things. Maybe. But she's also, okay, I'm just diagnosing this girl because I was about to call her a narcissist, but maybe she's not. To think that it's just about her, but it's really not. It's something he's struggled with a lot. Here's where I can't, like, don't worry, she's trash. But this is where Henry, to me, is also kind of in the wrong. I, we, you said it. I'm starting to really think it. Like, he is not into her and he will not admit it. And so now she's trying to, like, strategize her way out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to be, like, really blind not to see that he's just not that into her. She's not going down without a fight. And this girl just was savage. I just thought she was really savage. So I don't know. This sinking ship, there really has to be a rule. At some point, the experts just need to, if they decide to show up anytime and just be like, guys, just time out. Just call it white flag. Just get out. Just save yourself and go heal. Because it's painful for us to watch now at this point. They come on and my heart literally sinks. I love it because it's always entertaining to watch people be trash. It's not, this one isn't entertaining to me because Henry is visibly uncomfortable. It's one part of one people is uncomfortable, but Henry is so like visibly like shaken and just like not about it. Like what is going on? And I feel the chaos in his head. So I'm just like, uh-huh. and then Christina just staring at him. Does she even blink? She just looks at him like, what is this idiot talking about? Get over it. What? Who? And I'm just like, wow. Whenever she starts, like, she did this last week, talking about how wonderful she thinks Henry is, I don't believe her. No, I think she recognizes that his temperament is good for her. So if she could find someone who was into her with this temperament, I think that's what she means. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Do you? Who has your bouquet for the week? My bouquet for the week is Woody and Amani. Oh. I just needed to see two Black people on television, hopefully, you know, starting a beautiful relationship, being so happy together, getting to know each other. I just needed to see that. And so Woody and Amani restored my spirit a little bit. And I that's why they're my bouquet. Who has your bouquet? Um, the same. Amani and Woody. It'll be easy not to give it to them, but I do want to recognize... Them being open, them being happy, them leaning into their like slash love and, you know, just being an example. And like you said, it's just nice to see two Black people radiating joy and love and happiness. And who has your burnt ashes? 
I couldn't pick between the two of them. Um, it is both Brett and Christina for the same reason. <laughs> I don't ever want to hear people say, I care about them, I really like them, blah, 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 and then follow it up with things designed to hurt the person who you just proclaimed to care about. You yeah. don't have to love them, you don't have to be married to them for forever. But don't say, I care about you. Wow, you're really insecure. Oh, I think you're a wonderful person. And then when you tell me you struggle with confidence, I'm going to say, oh, that's my deal breaker. That is not caring. It's not nice. <laughs> well, no, I had two of them too. Brett and Christina were my Brett ashes. But everything that you just said is just, is infuriating to see Brett on my screen now because I really just want to knock him on the head and be like, what are you doing? Like, I feel like they actually had a good thing going if he could get out of himself. And now that I'm saying it, also with Christina, I almost want to give my burnt ashes to the experts. Like, get your people and make sure everyone's, like, done the woody style of going to therapy and kind of sorting through their feelings of what's going on instead of coming in to this. Because, yeah, it's great. I've never done this before. I'm doing this. But there's somebody else involved. And it's so hard to see olivia go through this and honestly it's just hard to see christina and henry go through this just two people that are so wrong for each other so do you think the experts match because they want people to be good together or because they want to make good tv and possibly have a couple good couples oh god aid i think they want people to be good together like i don't even think they're that evil i just don't think they do their due diligence i don't know how much involvement the production and the production company has maybe their hands are tied but if that's the case, I wouldn't want to be a part of them. There's a reason why they've had um, experts leave. A lot of them have left. Like, I'm not going to be a part of this. I do think, though, that they want them to work. Like, I think Pastor Cal has their best interests at heart. I think Dr. Pepper does. I don't know about Dr. Viviana. <laughs> I think she was famous. I feel like my secret wish watching this show is to have a season where every single couple works out. Um <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not likely to happen, but I would hope that the people who make this show have that same intention. Yeah, we can hope that. Speaking of Dr. Viviana, you know, I texted you earlier in the week saying that she's from Houston. And when she came to visit, I think it was, I can't remember who she came to see, Olivia and Brett, where she said y'all like a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, guys. So we love hearing from you on social media and we appreciate any reviews you leave us. So thank you to Marcy G who said, where have you ladies been? I have been searching for a Married at First Sight podcast for a while now. I heard you on another Married at First Sight podcast and really enjoyed it. Thank you ladies for being awesome and bringing new recaps every week. Thank you, Marcy, for listening. Thank you. We appreciate it. So that's all we have for the week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. It's at AltaCall, M-A-F-S, that's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. And we're also on Reddit with the same username. If you feel the need to email us, it's the same thing at gmail.com. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe, review, and please give us five-star ratings. It helps with our visibility. And listen to us on whatever platform that you listen to us, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. See you guys next week. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.